Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Mandel Kramer. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The helicopter hovers over the nightmare landscape. It is an eerie, ghostly country of jagged and rocky hills, deep and narrow ravines, completely devoid of any softening traces of vegetation. On the map, it is called the Valley of the Dead, although it has been years, perhaps centuries, since any living thing died here. Suddenly, the helicopter zooms downward swiftly. Chadwick, on base. Base? I see something. I definitely see something. What? The body. A, a man's body. Location? It could be Professor Davis. Where are you? Uh, coordinates 18 and 67. Landmark? A high, rocky, flat-topped hill. Hey, hey, I, I think he's alive. He can't be alive. I see a place where I think I can sit down. Chad- <laughs> I'm always careful. Wait for help. What do I need help for? It could be dangerous. Ah, what could happen? Chadwick? Come in, Chadwick. Yeah, what do you want? Are you on the ground? Well, sure, I'm on the ground. And listen, he's alive. What? Well, just barely. I, I'm going to get him on board. How? What do you mean, how? I'm just going to pick him up. And... Pick him up? You're kidding. He just skin and bones. I can practically carry him with one hand. Well, then it isn't Professor Davis. Sure, it's Professor Davis. I recognize him from his picture. He's only been gone eight days. How could he lose all that weight? <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? Just let me get him into the helicopter and up in the air. Oh. Listen, uh, oh. you, you want a drink of water? Oh. Okay. Can you hear me? Uh, how do you feel? Uh, you hurt anywhere? Uh, what happened to you? I, I don't know anything else. Please, don't ask me anymore. Please. Okay, say so you don't have to say a word. Take out the wires. Please, take out the wires. The wires? You know everything now. There's nothing else. I'm empty. Look, Professor, I'm I'm going to get you out of here. Who are you? Oh, I'm Lou Chadwick, a helicopter pilot. Are you one of us? Or one of them? Look, pal, I'll, I'll just take you home, and the medics will fix you up as good as new. <laughs> You'll have this thing left in no time. <laughs> What do you want? Sorry, I think I can solve your problem. How can you solve any of my problems? You can't even solve your own. To show you what a good buddy I am. Oh, oh. I mean it. How would you really like to lose some weight? Oh, I've had it with all those crazy diets. Some people were just marked by fate to be fat, and I'm one of them. Listen to me, Charlie. No, no, no. An obesity is inevitable, 
Just relax and enjoy it. You see this thing? Just come over the wire. Roy, will you get out of here? I've still got to make up the front page. Charlie, out west someplace, a guy dropped 125 pounds eight days. Take off, will you, Roy? It's on the level. Roy, beat it. Alfred Humphrey Davis, professor of anthropology at Southwest University. Roy! This is a legit guy. This is one of your prestige colleges. Now listen to me, will you? You got just 30 seconds. He goes out into this place called the Valley of the Dead. It's just some remote, rocky desert, okay? He's lost for eight days. They find him. He's half dead and completely delirious. No one can make head or tails of what he's talking about. But when he left, he weighed 250 pounds, and when they found him, he weighed exactly 125. That is impossible. Charlie, here it is, hot off the machine. You read it. A, he couldn't lose so much weight so fast. B, he'd have to be dead. But C, here it is. You're dealing with A, a highly respected professor who has written scholarly books. B, he is at present a patient at Southwest General, a very legitimate hospital. Now let me go out there and run it down, will you? I can't send you clean across the country every time you want to get away from your wife. You forget I'm divorced. Besides, I'm doing it for you, Charlie. You know, maybe he's developed some new kind of diet and he overdid it. You don't have to drop 125 pounds. Half of that will do you. Uh... Let me see that item, will you? Okay. All right, now that you've got my attention, Roy, what do you really think? Of course, you always have to be on the lookout for a scam. I agree, but what? First, how do we know that it's the same guy? Maybe he was killed by someone that he met in the desert who took his papers. This could have been a small, flight, slender person. Who also happened to look exactly like him. Look, I'm playing devil's advocate here. But if positive identification like fingerprints and dental charts check out, then we have got us one fantastic story here. Yeah, <laughs> one fantastic diet. Okay, go to the cashier and draw some money. I thought you'd see it. <laughs> Understand you're Lou Chadwick? Lewis K. Chadwick, that's right, sir. K stands for Kenworthy. Lewis is spelled L-E-W-I-S. Just in case you're a reporter, which you must be, else why would you want to talk with me? Can I buy a drink? Oh, you'll, you'll have to do better than that. See, I'm getting offers for the exclusives. My name's Risman. Roy Risman. Tell me what you got, and maybe I'll make you an offer, too. Well, I'm the one that found him. Are you sure it's Davis? Oh, yeah. He was with Army Intelligence a couple of wars ago. The idea is positive all the way. So? Well, sir, there he was on the rocks. Uh, what was left of him? Delirious. What was his name? Oh, it was crazy. He said to me, are you one of us or one of them? Them? And he kept begging me to take out the wires. What wires? Sure beats me. He also said... I don't know anything. You didn't know anything about what? Well, you got me there, too. What else? Well, now, uh, you want me to fill it in and round it out. You're going to have to make me an offer. I'll get back to you. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen of the media, I've told you absolutely everything. Oh, come on, doctor. I'll repeat it. 
He suffered a most severe loss of weight. We don't know how. We don't know why. At this point, he's stable. We simply have no answers to any of your questions. Well, just one minute, Doctor. Were there any marks on him? Marks of what? Marks that might suggest that wires have been inserted into him? None at all. And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you'll be good enough to excuse me... I thought I'd find you here. Sure thing. This is my office. You, uh, come to make me an offer? Answer my question first, Mr. Chadwick. What was he saying about wires? Uh, uh wires? Yeah, you were telling me he kept saying, please take out the wires. Oh, no, I don't know anything about that. Wait a minute. You mean this, You mean we weren't standing here last night and you didn't say... Oh, I don't remember saying anything about wires. <laughs> Why would I say anything about wires? Oh, sure. Must have been your imagination. Mm-hmm. Who got to you, Chadwick? And why? Charlie, did you get my story? Yeah, I got your alleged story. What does that mean? Roy, you can't send me stuff like this. Cover up at the Valley of the Dead. What facts are the authorities trying to suppress and so forth and so on? Charlie, it's true. For all I know, it might be. But you got to give me a source. Look, I told you about the wires. And who told you? The copter pilots. Well, he's lying. When was he lying? When he told you or when he denied it? We're going round and round with this thing, Charlie. Roy, I'll run it only if you can find somebody who'll stand behind it. Miss Polly Harris? Yes? May I come in? That depends. On what? Who you are and what you want. My name is Roy Risman, and I'm a reporter, and I want to talk to you. About what? Well, could we discuss that inside? I don't know if we can discuss it at all. Oh, did they get to you, too? Who's they? That's what I'm trying to find out. Clamp the lid on this. Who's telling you not to talk? Nobody. Now, come on, Polly. You're a special nurse who's been with him eight hours at a time. What does he talk about? There are two other nurses who do eight-hour shifts. Why pick on me? Because you're young and you're not really bad looking. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. Well, you take it for what it's worth. Oh, I know what it's worth. You see, if I were really good looking, I'd be so busy you wouldn't stand a chance. But because I'm not really bad looking... I should be grateful for this attention, and I'll be overwhelmed by your irresistible charms. Well, you said it, not me. Uh, why don't I come in? You can always throw me out. I brought a little bottle here. Thank you, I don't drink. Oh, you don't drink this, Polly. This is Le Vanceau. The French don't make a better champagne. You allow yourself to be overcome by it. The way you're captured by a Mozart symphony or a Rembrandt painting. Now, where are some glasses? Ah, there they are on the sideboard. You will notice that this is nicely iced. I never met anyone like you. I never met anyone like me either. Now, here it goes. Now, pour this nectar of the gods. Pure gold. Now, to us, Polly. A toast. Mm. Not bad. I hope to educate your taste, Polly. So why don't we relax? I'm 
Completely relaxed. My good sir, she said. Now, about your patient. Professor Alfred Humphrey Davis, the noted anthropologist. Uh, Mr. Rismond, is that your name? Call me Roy. If you intend to seduce me, you may or may not succeed. But if your purpose is to pump me about Professor Davis, the answer is a definite, unqualified, unequivocal no. The people of this country have a right to know what happened to Professor Davis. Oh, you're not really concerned with that now, are you, Mr. Rismond? All you really want is a, a beat or a scoop or whatever you call it. Well, I'm a reporter. It's my job to go after the truth. I'm a nurse. It's my job to protect the welfare of my patient. But if the public finds out what happened, how will that affect his welfare? Look, you're in the clear. Tell me whatever you can tell me off the record. <laughs> off the record? That sounds so impressive. No, no, no. It means that I won't be able to print it. Well, then what good is it if it can't be printed? It'll help me make up my mind. About what? About whether or not there's really a story here. If there is, I'll get to work on it, but from another angle. A new direction. I see. What do you say, Polly? Well, I... I don't know. The evening's young yet, and... Oh, look. My glass is empty. Yes, the evening has hardly begun. Ah, the investigative reporter's life. What a man has to do to get a story. Somebody is obviously trying to lead somebody on. The question, which one? Or maybe they both are. There will be a great deal of this cat and mouse when we return shortly with Act Two. Hi, Pat Summerall to suggest one way to help beautify America is by renewing the beauty of your home with quality True Test paints. Now value price during President's Day paint values at True Value Hardware Stores. You'll find long-wearing, soil-resistant, easy-care flat wall and finish priced at just $13.98 a gallon for most colors. And for a soft, elegant look, choose satin-hue flat latex. Most colors are just $10.98 a gallon until February 21st during President's Day paint values at participating True Value hardware stores and home centers. I'm Steve Keneally. You know a four-letter word that means help for the needy? The word is care. For 35 years, CARE, the International Aid and Development Organization, has been providing food to hungry children and the means for destitute people to grow their own food and build better lives for their families. You can help because CARE is your personal answer to human needs. Please send your check or money order to CARE, Box 576, New York 10156, or local CARE office. Hello, this is Max Moran. Do you have a sight problem that prevents you from reading? I've got good news for you about Choice Magazine Listening, a free service. Every other month, Choice Magazine Listening will send you free, on phonograph records, eight hours of selections from leading magazines featuring writers like William Styron, Joyce Carol Oates, John McPhee, Kurt Vonnegut, Art Buckwald, many others. So if you are blind or unable to read regular print, or if you know someone with this problem, write to Listening, Box 10, Port Washington, New York, 11050. We'll also tell you how to get the special record player provided free by the Library of Congress as part of its talking book program. So, 
Right Listening, Box 10, Port Washington, New York, 11050. Or telephone 516-883-8280. That's 516-883-8280. A public service message on behalf of the nonprofit Lucerna Fund. Mumford Davis has had a harrowing experience. He has been lost in a southwestern desert for over a week. And in that time, he lost half of his body weight. According to what we know, medically and scientifically, he has no business being alive. What happened? That's reporter Raymond Risman's problem. You're cute, Mr. Reporter. That's the wine talking, Polly. Tell me, what's a girl like you doing buried out in this desert? Oh, because of a guy. Now, what about Professor Davis? Oh, I suppose we do have to talk about him, don't we? For a while. What happened to him? Nobody knows. You can believe the doctors when they say it. But there has got to be a medical explanation. Why? Think of all the things medicine can't explain. Can he live? I don't know. Does he talk? Well, it doesn't make sense. It's... Delirium. Can you make out any words? He says they put wires in him. They? Who? I can't make it out. Where did they put the wires? Well, there's no sign. <sighs> what else does he say? I think he's trying to tell us that someone or, or something has been trying to get information. What kind of information? I don't know. I mean, what kind of information would he have and who would want it? I don't know that either. Why has everybody in the hospital been told to button up? Well, maybe they're trying to protect him. From what? Oh, he's kind of well-known. He's from around here. It, it could be they just don't want people to find out he's lost his mind. Do you think he's lost his mind? I have to fall back on old reliable. I don't know. Polly, you want to do something? I might. This little thing here. Mm -hmm. This is a miniature tape recorder. And you can fit right under the neckline of your dress. Oh, it's cute. Would you wear this when you go on duty tomorrow? Hmm. Huh? Will you look at this? My glass is empty. Charlie, we have some angles. Such as? First, the news blackout. Look, we've been through this. We can't prove it's a blackout. All the medics keep saying is we don't know. Why is that legit? Why haven't we been permitted to see the patient? That's a medical decision. You do know, of course, that he was once with Army Intelligence. Now, what does that have to do with anything? Well, everything or nothing. Roy, you're reaching. The Valley of the Dead. Does that name mean anything to you? Well, it didn't mean anything to me either at first. But 30 years ago, the Armed Forces Chemical Warfare Department was looking for the most isolated spot they could find to run various experiments. Listen, you suppose you could find out what kind of experiments they were? Roy, where is all this leading? Charlie, just find out what kind of experiments... <laughs> Oh, 
you doing in my car, young man? Why don't you get in, Mrs. Davis? Do you want me to call the police? No, no, of course not. Well, then be kind enough to get out. Now, that was hard for you to say, wasn't it? Get out? I mean, you seem to be a very kindly sort of woman. What do you want? I'm a reporter. My name is Roy Risman. I have nothing to say to the press. Mrs. Davis, the authorities, whoever they are, for whatever reasons they may have, want to throw a lid over what happened to your husband. Now, this may suit their purpose, but what about your purpose? What do you mean? My purpose? What happens to your husband? My husband. Mr. Risman. My husband is going to die. I think you better come in and sit down. Shall we uh, go somewhere and get you a cup of coffee, Mrs. Davis? Oh, uh, I said it. It's been in the back of my mind and on the tip of my tongue all these days. But I finally said it. He's going to die. Arlene Davis, your husband is going to die. I'm sorry. You don't have to say anything. Why did he go off into that desolate country? To prove his theory. What theory? Can you tell me? No. Have you been told to keep quiet about it? Not at all. It's just that I don't know very much about it. But he went out there to prove something. Tell me, would it have anything to do with military intelligence? Or the national security? If you say yes, I'll have to drop this line of questioning. I think too much has been made of this intelligence thing. Do you? When he was in college, he had enrolled in ROTC and been given a commission in the reserves. He was called up at the time of the Korean War. He'd been a geology miner. So they had him analyzing terrain photographs, and that's all there was to it. He never knew any military secrets, or any secrets for that matter. But what was this theory of his? Well, if you cut away all the scientific jargon, it amounted to this. Millions of years ago, you had the age of the reptiles, <laughs> the big dinosaurs and so forth. You know about that. I think so. They had enormous bodies, but tiny brains. So they were stupid. And therefore, they couldn't cope with the problems of a changing environment, and so they passed from the scene. Yes, I know that much. Well, Alfred had a theory that there was an isolated saurian species that developed a brain that was in proportion to its body. That it had survived and was alive today. Somewhere in the Valley of the Dead. On what evidence? Well, I don't know. It's all mathematics and scientific formula and whatnot. But that's the theory. His colleagues, people he respected, all rejected it. It affected him physically. He became so frustrated, he turned to food. Normally, he was quite slender. He weighed about 130. But he ballooned up to over 250. An intelligent dinosaur. Well, I didn't say it was a dinosaur. Neither did he. But a saurian of some type or other. It seems this creature, whatever it is, Lying in wait. For what? For whom? For all of us. It is biding its time. Why? Oh, I would assume 
to be able one day to take over the world. And now, please, I must ask you to leave my car. Room 218, Miss Harris. Uh, yes, Doctor. Uh, no, sir. No changes in temperature, respiration, or pressure. Shall I continue the glucose? Yes, Doctor. He's about the same. Still delirious. I will, Doctor. Professor, that was Dr. Waverly. He, he wanted to know if... Oh. You don't hear a word I'm saying, do you? Uh, oh. Professor Davis. Oh, it hurts. It hurts when you ask me. Yes. Why do you keep asking me? I don't know anything else. I don't. No. Not the wires. Please. Professor. Go ahead, Professor. What are you trying to do to me? What are you trying to do? Is that all he said? No, wait. He stops for a little bit and then he keeps going. I generally give you information. I know that. But why do you want it? Why? You don't have to probe my brain for it. I can tell you. Why isn't it as good when I tell you? Oh, please, don't hurt me again. Please. Is that all he said today? No, but from here it really gets crazy. You can't. We'll stop you. We'll find a way. No. No, I won't help you. I don't care what you do to me. I won't help you. What are you? Nothing but an overgrown snake with legs. And then he fell asleep, or he fainted. It's hard to tell which. That's all he said? Well, I went off shift. Oh, poor old man. What good does all this do? I don't know. What do you make of it? Wish I knew. Could you do it again tomorrow? If he's alive. My name is Alfred Humphrey Davis. I have a PhD in anthropology. I'm also a geologist, a botanist, and a biologist. She found me. She found me in the desert, in the valley of the dead, where nothing lives and nothing grows. But she lives there, and she grows there. She? And she has a voice. So sweet, so gentle, so loving. Who would know it's the voice of death? Such a voice like the sirens had who lured the sailors to their doom on the rocks. A voice, her voice. I died for that voice. I opened my soul and my mind. I let her use the wires. I let her... 
Well, that's today's edition. Uh, I see. What do you see? Whatever it was, it was real enough for him, and maybe... Yes, maybe. Maybe it's real enough for anybody. You believe him? There's something out there. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Many years ago, they say, the Indians who lived here buried those people who had led evil lives out there. So their spirits would be isolated and wouldn't back back home to haunt honest folk. Tell me what you think of this. Me? What do I know? I'm just some dumb hick of a nurse who let this big city reporter sweet talker into doing this crazy thing. Do you think there's anything to what he's saying? Yes, I do. So do I. You know what that means? I have to go out there. Out there? Where they found him? The same spot. But but you saw what happened to him. That doesn't mean that it has to happen to me. Maybe it does and maybe it doesn't. All we know is that there's something in that desolate valley. And it could be animal, vegetable, or mineral. But nothing that goes out there seems to come back in exactly the same shape. I shall come back with the third act shortly. Now that the world is learning how to conserve energy, the demand for oil is cooling off. According to a recent article in the Wall Street Journal, this trend is likely to continue and could result in stable prices and adequate supplies for some time to come. So have a pencil ready for an important offer from the journal that can help keep you informed of news like this happening anywhere in business that could affect your future and your company's future. Other Wall Street Journal articles reveal the pitfalls of assuming a seller's home mortgage, why electric utility stocks may catch on with investors seeking shelter from taxes, and how the past reveals what we can look for in an economic recovery. The Wall Street Journal. It's all the business news you need when you need it. Right now, you can get 26 weeks of the journal, one for every business day of the week, for about $1.80 per week. That's just $47 for 26 weeks, about $1.80 per week. So, if you're serious about business, in the continental U.S., call toll-free 800-228-6600. That's 800-228-6600, except in Nebraska. You'll be billed later. This is Richard Thomas. The March of Dimes saves babies. Babies born too small, too soon, with tiny, frail bodies that could fit into the palm of your hand. Ten years ago, they might have died. But medical science has made giant strides since then. Science supported by the March of Dimes. Today, high-risk babies are tended lovingly in intensive care nurseries, equipped with the most sophisticated machines that monitor every life sign. The March of Dimes helps equip these life-saving nurseries. They also support transport services for high-risk pregnant women so that they can have their babies at hospitals ready to handle any complicated emergency. The March of Dimes supports prenatal care clinics so that every mother-to-be may get the kind of care before birth that would increase her chances of having a healthy baby. Yes, the March of Dimes saves babies, and you can help. Please give to the March of Dimes. down to the most elementary of basics. Are there sharks in the water? Someone has to go in and find out. Is the mushroom poisonous? Someone has to taste it. 
Will the bridge hold our weight? Someone has to venture across it. Especially if the satisfaction of his curiosity is what he does to earn his living. But you can't go out there where they found the professor. I have to. Why? I don't think I can explain. Well, then it doesn't make sense. Oh, it does to me. Look, if I let this go by, it'll bother me for the rest of my life. But if you go, there may not be very much time left in the rest of your life. You know, I wish I'd met a girl like you earlier. <laughs> really? Well, maybe it's for the best. I wouldn't have made you happy either. Roy, you're actually going out there? Yes. You really haven't told me why. Professor Davis told you. Didn't you hear him on the tape? He spoke of the voice of the sirens. He means the song of the sirens. Who lured the sailors to their death. Surely you must realize that. Yes, but when the sirens sing, there are always guys like me and Professor Davis who have to listen. But you know it can be fatal. We can't help ourselves. Why not? Do you know the songs the sirens sing? That song is whatever happens to be your heart's desire. That's what you hear. That's why you listen. And is that why you die? It can't be helped. All right. Charlie, what are you doing here? Oh, I uh, thought I'd come out and see for myself. See what? Well, uh, there's a million angles to this story. But the one I like best is the weight loss. <laughs> oh, yes, you would. Have you been able to figure that out? I think so. What kind of diet was it? Well, I believe you could call it the fulfillment diet. <laughs> Somehow the word fulfill and diet just don't seem to go together. Ah, but they do. In essence, fulfilled people don't need diet. All right, all right. Just tell me what you're supposed to eat. It has nothing to do with eating. Roy. Look, the man weighed about 130 normally. Well, that's me, too. College, I only weighed 135, 140. Look at me now. He was carrying an extra 125 pounds worth of bitterness and frustration. And suddenly, he was vindicated. All right, by what? How? His theory was proved correct, at least to his satisfaction. So the weight, the unneeded weight, just disappeared. Oh, just like that. Just like that. Well, what good does this do me? Charlie, what bitterness? What frustrations are giving you that stomach? Oh, hey, listen, I'm a perfectly happy, well-adjusted person. Sure. Well, maybe not. <laughs> what, uh, what, what, what was this theory of this? Well, near as I can gather, that there is somewhere in that terrible desert country an intelligent saurian creature left over from the age of reptiles. <laughs> you have to be kidding. A dinosaur? And that it will one day conquer the world. Look, Charlie, why don't I go out there and see for myself? Roy, you, uh, you asked me to find out what kind of experiments chemical warfare was running in that place, right? Did you? Putting one thing together after another, it now starts to make a certain kind of sense. They were experimenting with hallucinatory agents. Can you be sure? Well, it's only an educated guess. Charlie, I've got to go out there. Hey, don't say I didn't warn you. Yes, sir, I 
Right down there is where I found him. You're sure? That's my landmark, that rocky blacktop hill. Yes, sir, this is it. I'll just settle down. Well, all ashore, it's going ashore. Yep. You know, I wouldn't blame you one bit if you changed your mind either. You won't? Okay, I'll give you a hand unloading your stuff. You've got enough food and water here to last you a month. <laughs> Why do you want to set up the tent? It doesn't matter. Well, I don't see what can bother you out here. This is such miserable country, even the rattlesnakes don't want any part of it. Listen. Huh? What? Don't you hear it? Mm. All as I can hear is the wind. You don't hear that? Don't tell me you're starting to lose your marbles already. Just listen. If you had any brains, you'd get back on that copter. Chadwick, tell me. Do you have everything you want? <laughs> what kind of question is that? Can you answer it? Well, if I think about it, I guess I do. I mean, I like to fly this thing. I, I like to pick up a girl now and then. I like my booze and a poker game once in a while. And what else? <laughs> now, as you mentioned, it's nothing else. So you never hear the siren song? No, sir. What are they? One of those new groups? I, uh, I guess I'm all unloaded. I see you brought a rifle. I don't know what the, I don't know what you think you can do with it. Well, maybe it'll give you a sense of security. False sense, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> All right, sir, this is the last chance. Are you going to change your mind? Nope. Okay, it's your funeral. I'll come back tomorrow for you. If you're still here. Because he wanted me to do that. Why? 
Oh, he wouldn't even admit it at first. That's why I had to use the wires. The wires? To see deep inside him, through all his disappointments, at the bottom, I found it. It? He felt the human race had failed. And so perhaps the reptile should once again rule the world. At least we would not destroy it. That's what he believed. And so he believed that some of us survived. That you have. I see you. I hear you. And that we wait here by that time. And then one day we will rise up just as we did millions of years ago. I can't believe it. What can't you believe? That I'm here. And someone, something like you is talking to me. You'll believe it. Never. I can make you believe it. No. Not those wires. Now I can see deep into your heart. Please. Your brain, your psyche. It hurts. The truth always hurts when it's raw and exposed. That's why you keep it hidden and protected. What is your truth, Roy Rismond? What is your truth? Take away the wires. The wires. Oh, how you have battered and beaten and tortured your truth. No. It isn't a fact? Yes, yes, it's a fact. Take away the wires. The wires are in your own mind. You take them away. What do you want from me? What do you want from yourself? What? Please. Chadwick, on base. Base. I, I see something. Yeah, it, it, it's a body. Man's body. Could be Risman. And I think he's alive. I'm going down to take a look. The wires. I don't want the wires. Why? Me, Polly. You're in the hospital. They're coming after us. Who? They're coming after us. Who's coming, Roy? They're Tell coming. Me. All those people we lied to and cheated. All the stories I wrote that weren't so. All the people I used, especially women. My wife. Both wives. And a girl, a girl named Polly. Oh, I didn't mind, Roy. I threw it away. I could have done very good things, important things. I could have been somebody. You are somebody, Roy. I'm a reporter for a scandal sheet. I could have written things, but I threw it away. I threw it all away. Oh. Roommate 17, Miss Harris. Uh, yes, Doctor. No change in pulse, respiration, temperature. He's still delirious. Yes, Doctor, I'll let you know. Roy. Oh, Roy, can you hear me? That's why it's coming back. The age of the reptiles. The age of the reptiles? No. No, it's not coming back. It isn't? No. We're going back. We're becoming what they were. Mindless creatures staring away at each other. Oh, no, that isn't true, Roy. It isn't true of all of us. But of too many of us. But it doesn't have to be true of any of us. She saw into me. 
deep into me. With the wires. She saw everything. We can all change. Listen to me. We can all change. It's too late. No, Roy. Not if we try. I can help you, Roy. I don't know. You just go to sleep. Go to sleep. Don't dream. Just forget. Forget all of it. The sirens and the snakes and the reptiles and Professor Davis. Forget all of it. It was all just a bad dream. Forget it. I'll help you forget it. And did she? Who can say? Once a man has listened to the song of the sirens, his whole life changes. But isn't that what the young lady is trying to bring about? A change? So who knows? All may not be lost. I shall return shortly with another insight into sirens and things of that nature. Hi, this is Cliff Robertson. I'd like to say a few words about those very special people who save millions of lives every year, yet you never hear their names. These quiet heroes are volunteer blood donors who supply the more than 30,000 pints of blood used every day. An emergency can happen at any time when blood will be needed. Won't you give blood today and join...